Hi, this is Tom from The Happiness Quotient. Thank you for clicking on this episode. If you've chosen to listen to some of my first episodes, 60 or so, they were created before I changed the name to The Happiness Quotient. Don't be confused if you hear my voice welcoming you to Baker Street with Tom Pollard or if you hear me referencing my YouTube channel, Everest Mystery, you're still in the right place. Until I'm a big star and can hire an editor and producer to change every episode to reflect the platform, my gut tells me you'll be okay with hearing Baker Street or Everest Mystery when you click on an episode to The Happiness Quotient. It's all me. So let's just consider us one big happy family where we all learn together brought here by our common interests and our desire to create a better world one episode at a time. I love you. Thank you. Now to the episode. Hi there. A note to all my listeners of The Happiness Quotient. What's following in this episode is an excerpt from my YouTube channel about the mountain called Monoslu. It's been in the news a lot lately for high-altitude mountaineers. There was a loss of a well-known professional skier there recently. This episode has received almost 30,000 views in the last week, and I thought perhaps it would be interesting to you audio listeners as well. So, Unedited, here is my episode from my YouTube channel. The link to the episode will be in the show notes of this episode. And here's the episode. Greetings. Thank you for all the support. I love you all. This is a story about Manaslu the mountain and what's been going on lately. In general, most people alive on the planet had probably never even heard the word or mountain named Manaslu until the loss of world-renowned professional skier Hillary Nelson, who was killed in an avalanche or an accident there while endeavoring to ski from the summit with her partner Jim Morrison. They are world-famous for some of the most incredible ski descents in the world. With that accident and tragic loss of this very popular and well-known woman from the North Face athlete team, suddenly Monoslu started appearing in searches and in feeds throughout YouTube and the internet. So stick around. At the end, I'll talk about what have we learned and what does the future look like on Monoslu and the other 8,000 meter peaks. And also at the end of this video, there's going to be a couple of suggestions on other videos that pertain exactly to what you're interested in that are on this very channel. So first, what is Manaslu and where is it? Manaslu is located in west central Nepal, northwest of Kathmandu, the capital city of Nepal. It's the eighth highest mountain in the world at 8,163 meters or 26,781 feet. The name Manaslu, which is pretty awesome, means mountain of the spirit and of late in the last few decades has been called Killer Mountain. A lot of people thought that that had something to do with K2, but as it turns out, Manaslu has become the fourth deadliest mountain of the 8,000 meter peaks, of which there are 14. The notorious mountains that have become more dangerous than Manaslu are K2, Annapurna, Nanga Parbat. The noted Everest and 8,000 meter peak historian Alan Arnett offers this question and answer about Manaslu. Someone asked him, is Manaslu a climb that is dangerous? And he said, quote, absolutely, you should only attempt Manaslu if you have the proper experience and logistics for emergency situations. Most deaths 
get this, are a result of avalanches and falls, but the weather and altitude takes its toll. Case in point, in 2012, a devastating avalanche killed 11 people. At the time, Glenn Plake, the noted American skier, was there endeavoring to become the first with two of his French comrades to ski from the summit of Montesloup. And until this year, 10 years later, it still had not been skied successfully until Jim Morrison completed the ski descent a few weeks ago. You know, as a side note, but I think it's really important to talk about this, is that of late and in the last couple of decades, we've seen an immense glorification of risk and peril and adventure. Do we need to look any further than the North Face athlete team? And I'm not criticizing them. I've received a lot of support from them in terms of gear, and I've climbed with many of them. More recently, Mark Sinnott and Renan Osterk. But in some respects, essentially, it's a PR machine that glorifies the idea of taking a risk. And it it does sponsor a generation to follow of people who are looking to either top it or at least, at the very least, equal it. And along the way, a lot of lives are lost. Now, I'm part of that. I can't say that I'm an innocent bystander. I've been paid to go on no less than four Everest expeditions, of which I was paid each time. That's how I make a living. So I'm a part of this Thing. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just pointing it out. Like, what are we doing here, people? We're glorifying risk and adventure and peril. And at what cost? So Monoslu in the post-monsoon season, post-monsoon means after the summer rains. And the post-monsoon season, traditionally in the Himalaya, is a lot colder with a lot more snow. And so why suddenly have so many people gone to Monoslu to attempt to climb it? Well, as some of you know from having watched some of my other videos recently, the idea of Monoslu has changed dramatically because a drone shot taken by a very talented drone pilot a couple of years ago showed him ascending to the summit, and I'll put the credit of him here on the video and cut to the video of it, and you can link to this Instagram page. It's absolutely spectacular footage. It essentially shows his team on the summit, supposedly, and as the drone rises up, it's very obvious that the summit is about 50 meters away at a higher distance. And so in seeing this, it was shown that the real summit of Monoslu had only been reached by very, very few people. And so immediately the purists came out saying, I guess Reinhold Mesner truly hasn't climbed all the 14 8,000 meter peaks because he didn't go to that actual summit. So suddenly there's a rush of people, the new advent of mountaineering tourists who are trying to bag all the 14 8,000 meter peaks going to the actual summit. And now scale the clocks back to 1985 when the first ever guided expedition to Mount Everest took place when David Bershears guided Dick Bass to the summit, climbing the seven summits. Um, you've got to read the book by Dick Bass. Absolutely mind-boggling. Back when there was more of a purist effect of it, even though the guy had oodles of money and could throw down cash like you read about. He, he was trying to get pizzas delivered to them on the glacier in Mount McKinley at the time, Denali now. 
he was trying to get pizzas flown in on an airplane from Talkeetna and, and was refused. I guess money doesn't do everything for you. I digress. But here's why it gets so dangerous. Suddenly this year, there's over 700 permitted athletes there trying to get to the top. Now, are these people who paid their dues? Are these people like not like I'm anything special, but who spent years and years ice climbing and rock climbing and going to crappy little mountains nobody's ever heard of, paying their dues, getting snuck in, having to dig snow caves and getting stuck in storms and, you know, scraping together, borrowing a few hundred dollars here and there, selling t-shirts to raise money for an expedition to Pakistan on some mountain nobody ever heard of. No, these people are essentially now able to go there with a turn of a key or, well, the the wiring of a deposit because there are so many expedition outfitters out there that are saying, we can get you to the summit of these mountains. Kind of hearkening back to Scott Fisher in 1996 saying, we're paving a way to the summit of Mount Everest, which is pretty ironic because shortly thereafter became the disaster on Everest that killed, I think, 11 people that John Krakauer made notoriously infamous by his book Into Thin Air, which is a brilliant book, by the way, and I love it because he's honest about the BS that is going on in these mountains, and that was 96. I look at Monislu and I think, here's a lot of people who haven't paid their dues. They might have the physical ability and the mental desire, but they get to this mountain and they're relying on bottled oxygen. So let me make a side note about bottled oxygen. The fact that anybody goes to Monislu and relies on bottled oxygen to get to the summit is a load of crap. And I know a lot of people who are guides. I know people who run expedition companies and they're friends and I respect them dearly. But if you're going to sell a permit and and raise $25,000 or whatever it is that you charge to go climb Monoslu and say that you're going to get to the top and we're going to sleep on oxygen at 23,000 and summit or whatever, it's nonsense because these people, you shouldn't have to use bottled oxygen for anything other than emergency purposes on any mountain that's 26,000 feet and below or 26 and a half thou. I think the only mountains that truly deserve bottled oxygen are Everest, K2, and Kanchenjunga. Lhotse, yeah, Lhotse is a 27,000-foot mountain. And then Makalu, maybe, maybe, but only as an emergency. So now what's happening is we're getting all these people up the mountain relying on oxygen and then they're getting stuck up there in snowstorms just like happened on monoslu this year my interview subject floor cuenca who did a post recently saying she had to wait three hours just to clip into a fixed rope to descend from camp three to get down to base camp three hours on monoslu this is the wave of the future you go to a mountain like monoslu and you're going to get your ass kicked eventually not me not you necessarily but mark my word there will be a time in the future where just three or four people dying on a mountain like monoslu will seem like people got by scot-free there's going to be a disaster up high it's going to happen on k2 it's just the future of what's happening with the multitude of commercial expedition organizers who are giving very affordable tickets to the top of a mountain 
Now hundreds and hundreds went away without their summit this year. They'll all be back. Wait till next year, my friends. So here's a question. So the deal is, what have we learned? Has anybody learned anything? I think what we've learned is this is not going to stop. And hopefully, just hopefully, people can draw some kind of inspiration from the loss of people like Hillary Nelson, who, by people on the outside, have criticized her or that lifestyle. If you have a kid, you have no right to go off and do these things. Uh, but I don't look at anybody else and question how they bring themselves to this planet. But what have we learned? People are going to keep coming. People are going to keep dying. And more and more people are going to keep paying money to get up these mountains. And unfortunately, the most of the people who are going to be lost in these accidents are the Sherpa who are going there or the porters who are going high up the mountain working on lower salaries just to bring home money to support their families who rely on them. But as I said in my previous short, what we do when we see these people is hopefully instead of being inspired to go do something riskier or more dangerous, we look at the passion, the wisdom, the authenticity and the drive and the beauty of what a person is that follows his or her heart. And so hopefully we can look off into that and gain some inspiration from the recent tragedy on Monoslu. Peace out, my friends. Thanks for being here. Love you all. Thanks to all for being here. Coming up soon, I have a wonderful episode with Rebecca Wood. Her cookbook, Designed on Recipes, made being the studio manager at the Zach Brown Band Studio in Nashville, Tennessee, will water your mouths. I have several others in the pipeline. Stay tuned. I love hearing from you. Please be sure to reach out to me at tom.dharma.pollard at gmail. Thanks to all, and I will see you all real soon. If you're still here, please, I would love it if you checked out my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Everest Mystery and my YouTube channel, Everest Mystery. Check me out. And as always, leave comments and share your thoughts whenever you can and share it with friends who might be interested in hearing or listening or watching. Thanks so much.